Hello, Pastor Deborah here, and we are going to do another lesson of Isaiah 61, verse 8. We're in the garden today, and I see, oh my gosh, everywhere I look, I see you. Must be billions and billions and billions of people. Did you know a young, precious spirit came a little while ago? Didn't know he was in the audience, but I had been praying for him and sort of his Islamic family. And do you know what I just heard? I just heard he blew himself up. Strange things happen when God touches you. The soul part will kick in that's dominated by Satan. Even the one that's dominated by other gods. And it will kill you. But we got to him first. And he's up in heaven now. Oh, he's a baby. He doesn't know anything. So God has him in some wonderful places with some wonderful teachers. And he's learning and growing about this heavenly father that drew him to the garden. That helped him have a Hebrews 4.12 spiritual experience. And that loved him. And this spirit wanted to be with him. And when he received that Holy Spirit in him, and he had that spiritual circumcision of Hebrews 4.12, the enemy didn't like it. So the enemy, death, and other gods killed him, blew his body up, convinced his soul to die. Because he was no longer useful to that God. But he would have been useful to the God of the Garden of Eden. So we want to just welcome all of you. Be brave when you go home. But stand tall and never turn away from this love. Never give it up. I can tell you many stories of multi-generational Satanists who found the same thing this young man did. Way on over in Africa. Way up in the hill countries. Mm-hmm. And he wouldn't let it go. I have had stories and dealt with people who found the same thing. Were put on altars to be sacrificed. If they did not renounce and give up this God. This Christ Jesus. And renounce him. Nobody has ever done it. They die they get beaten, they get blown up. Because once they find it and they know it's real and that their lives are spiritually changed forever, there's no going back for the spirit. And once that happens and deliverance work and cleansing and purifying is done and a Hebrews 4.12 and other Isaiah 61 and 62 are being fulfilled in that spirit's life. There's no turning back for it. And the enemy knows that and he'll kill you. But you get to go on and be in the presence of the Lord. So we want to welcome all of you here today. I'm Pastor Deborah. I'm going to be your teacher. In this lesson of Isaiah 61 verse 8, we are in part our lesson number 17. It is taking me a while to get through 
just this little bitty portion of verse 8. But before we begin to do that, what does Pastor Deborah always love to do and know it's so needed? Is there anyone here who would like to pray for all those that are here? Okay, you go ahead and no, you don't have to stand up. You just speak out a little bit and your voice will be magnified. You go right ahead. Everybody else, just bow your heads or stay quiet. While this young one is learning how to pray for other people, which is vital because he wants to pray for you and he wants to pray to God. So you go right ahead, little one. And I'll bow my head. And when you get finished, I'll finish it out in prayer also. Go ahead. Oh, that was so wonderful, so thoughtful. Little one, you are growing for sure. You just keep practicing. All of you also need to learn how to pray to the Heavenly Father on behalf of all humanity. When you do that, you are entering into the Holy of Holies with God, and you are acting as a priest for humanity unto God. You are the go-between. You are pleading, requesting, and petitioning God on behalf of others. And that is one of our roles in our identity. A priest, a royal priest, that means a king who is a priest, unto God and for all of humanity. That's right. So you did wonderful. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are helping these little ones to learn and grow about you. And you are giving them opportunities for their spirits to learn how to be a royal priest unto you. How to come into your holy of holies. How to pray on behalf of others and humanity. Father, we thank you that you are teaching and growing them. For their little spirits need so much knowledge, revelation, experience, opportunities to practice. Father, no one is too young to pray and have a heart for others and to speak to you not even the little one in the womb the little spirit might be a little one but it can talk to you with its eyes its little groans and moans and you hear its little voice father your ears are attuned to all your people and father we thank you now for this teaching of isaiah 61 verse 8 that you will continue to grow us And help us to learn more about you, more about ourselves, and more about others. Father, help us as you fulfill Isaiah 61, verse 8 in their lives. And you bring the truth and the light 
of love, joy, and peace, of your kingdom, and of your authority and power over all the power of the enemy, over Satan and all of his gods on earth. Father, we thank you that you will now open up your scriptures to us, teach us and grow us, nourish us, provide us with milk and honey, wine and bread of your word. For it is your word that is our nourishment. It is your word that brings us light to our spiritual mind and heart, deep in our chambers, that help us to grow, that develop the concepts and ideas in the very mind of Christ. And we thank you for all that you have brought here to learn and grow from you. Through your Holy Spirit, through your words from Isaiah 61, verse 8, through the words and the spirit of Pastor Deborah, we thank you. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Also, before we begin, I always like to begin with a couple of scriptures if you haven't heard them before, that helps set the tone for what we're going to be doing. So let me get them for us. All right, I got my scriptures. And then I had to wait for some noise to get down so it wouldn't be recorded and you wouldn't hear it. So we're going to start with a couple of scriptures that I always like to use with Isaiah 61 because it sets the tone for what we are and what God is trying to do with us and what by exploring, teaching, digging through Isaiah 61, and in this particular verse, verse 8, what he wants for us. So let's go to Proverbs 25, 2. These were written by King Solomon, the son of King David. And King Solomon was said to be one of the wisest kings of Israel. And he wrote these Proverbs down. These sayings of wonderful wisdom and knowledge for us. And he says in Proverbs 25, 2. It is the glory of God to conceal a thing. But the honor of kings is to search out a matter. God is saying, it is my privilege to hide the knowledge and the revelation that I have hidden. In Isaiah 61, in all scriptures, I got things hidden in nature. I got things hidden in gravity. I have myself, my knowledge, my wisdom, my power and authority hidden away. I hide them in fairy tales and fables. I hide them in movies, pictures, songs, music. But you, O spiritual man, who I desire and have decreed that you are to be a king, a ruler and a leader, spiritually, here on earth, from Genesis 1, 26 through 28. You are to search out these hidden things that I have hidden from you. Help yourself. Be an archaeologist. Dig in the foundations. Find the walls. Find out what was there. It's there for you waiting, he says. Become a seeking heart. A searcher, asking questions. What's going on? What's wrong with me? What's wrong with other people? Why is the world the way it is? Who is the one true God? Why do I have to 
pray six times a day, go once a year and walk around some box that used to be a storage place for polygods and statues. Why do I have to go to a church service on Saturdays or Sundays? Why do I have to continue to observe all these rituals? Why do I have to do this? What am I supposed to be knowing? So he said here in Proverbs 25 too, it's my glory to hide it from you till you're ready. You see, if he just forced, revealed to you openly his truth, and you weren't seeking, he would be as if he was violently raping you, forcing something on you, making you take it against your will. When you weren't looking, he needs your free will to be cooperative and freely choose to want to know. Otherwise, you just have blinders on. you got your head sort of stuck in the sand. You don't want to know the truth. Because if you know the truth about yourself, about what you're doing, why you're doing it, you know you probably won't like it. And as long as you stay in ignorance or darkness, and you don't allow him and you don't choose to seek out truth, knowledge, and wisdom. You can have deniable plausibility. I'm ignorant. I don't know what you're talking about. And you remain blind even though you know. You know the answers are there, but you don't want to see them. You may have to change. You may have to give up your global community. You may have to give up your... 50, 60-year-old speeches that you have been talking about yourself and admit some things to all of society or to yourself. Most people don't want to do that, so he hides them. Pastor Deborah went looking. The very first one he really started opening up to me was the movie called Helen Keller, The Miracle Worker, with Anne Bancroft and Patty Duke. I was watching it to be entertained and the revelations started coming. Then he had me go back and watch the Matrix trilogy, the Lord of the Rings trilogy, other movies that I had started watching. Revelations were coming because I had become a truth seeker. I wanted to know what is going on. I wanted to know the relationship between the Spirit and the Holy Spirit, the Spirit and Satan's spirit the spirit and demonic spirits the spirit and angels what is going on with the spirit being inside the dirt body what is happening on the world was the weather due to satan or god were the storms from satan or god were these disasters and diseases satan or god i wanted to know because until you know you can't pray right you can't be that royal priest unto God and for humanity. So in this scripture we're learning, it's his glory to hide it from us. And it's our honor to search. Deuteronomy twenty nine twenty nine. Thus secret things belong unto the Lord our God. But those things which are revealed, given to us, we are learned about, belong to us and to our children 
forever. When Pastor Deborah got revealed powerful, powerful revelations of spiritual nature, both in the Word of God, movies, plays, songs, asking God what's going on in nature, the storms. My job now is to give that information, revelations to you. So you will believe and you will start asking God the same things I do. Who's behind this? What's going on? What's wrong with the world? What's wrong with people? Why is the rivers drying up? Why is there famine? Why do we have witch doctors? Why do we have murders and abuse and abortion? Killing of babies? Why are women treated the way they are? Why do men do what they do? Why are children just property we bought and sold and used and thrown away? Till you come to those area and you start asking these questions of God and not turn away and not make excuses for it, but want to truly know the truth. Then he will start revealing them to these secret things. And then you will reveal it to other people. Why is this so? So that we may do and obey and reflect, shine out all these words that we find out. Once Pastor Deborah got it, my job to you is to shine out that truth, reveal that truth to you, so you can come out of ignorance and darkness, and you can come to know the truth. When you know the truth, like that young man uh, who was the head of a Islamic jihadist group called Boko Haram in Nigeria, I think. When he got the revelation, the truth about this heavenly father versus Allah and the love that was there. And he had a Hebrews 4.12 experience. And he came to the garden and he roamed around and met the word, this Christ Jesus. His spirit was changed. He no longer was in darkness and ignorance about this God and his son and his word and the cross. He now, the spirit of him was touched. And when his spirit got back into his earthly body, there was a war inside because his soul was of the other God. And it was evil and wicked. And Satan knew what happened to him. And he couldn't use him anymore for his purposes of violence and hate and jihad. Because the spirit was now born again and new. Filled with the Holy Spirit. It was defiled to Satan now. And the spirit would not give up this new Christ, this new love. And so Satan killed him, had his soul, and the demonic spirits that were in that part of him blow himself up. But his spirit is fine. He's up there in heaven now. He's learning. He's growing. He wouldn't give it up. He found those secret things. And he loved it so much. He was willing to die Do you know what actually happened? Yes, sir, I do. His spirit was taken before 
he did it. Mm-hmm. Nanoseconds before it actually happened. But that's how Satan works. When you're no longer useful to him, he kills you. Mm-hmm. And I have to ask God, what's going on with these people? I've been praying for him and those Islamic jihadists, that they would find this love of this father and that they would be brought to the garden just like he was. I'm not going to leave anybody out. Anybody that does not know about this love, the garden, this precious gift from the cross, I'm praying for them as a royal priest in the Holy of Holies. So these two set the tone for Isaiah 61, verse 8. And I want to read 61, verse 8 to you. Hang on. So you can get an idea of what we've been doing and how I work. If you're new here to the garden, I am working through Isaiah 61, verse by verse. And if you'll notice in each little verse, there's a little statement, then a semicolon, then another little statement, then a semicolon. I have been working through each little section up to the semicolon, then I stop, and I expand on that. And then I go to the next one. And we are in the last little section of verse 8. And I'll read it, the whole verse to you. Isaiah 61, verse 8. For I, the Lord. Now, the Lord means owner. The one who wrote Isaiah 61. Through the prophet in the Old Testament, Isaiah. Isaiah 61 and 62 have been foundational. In Pastor Deborah's life, I have written them, reread them, written them, reread them, recorded them, written them, reread them. I go slow. I pray them over people. I pray that God fulfill His word of Isaiah 61 and 62, because we learn in other scriptures that God only fulfills His word that He sent. He watches over His word, and Isaiah 60 word was sent to us through the prophet of the Old Testament, Isaiah. So God watches over that. If you don't pray for the fulfillment of Isaiah 61, then you're not praying the word. So I'd pray something like this. Father, fulfill your words that you spoke through Isaiah in Isaiah 61 and 62 in the lives of these precious spiritual beings like that young man of Boko Rahan. Mm -hmm. So let's read verse 8. For I, the Lord, love judgment. We've done that part already. I hate robbery for burnt offering. Lot, we've done a lot of videos on that section. And I will direct their work in truth. We've done that. And I, this is the part we're on now. And I, this is the last part. And I will make an everlasting covenant with them. The other day when I made a decision about something that had been I had been pondering about to try to um, maybe put a request in to see if I could be an instructor in a program. The problem is I don't I, it didn't dawn on me till I thought about this that when I present myself to other people or organizations to be a speaker, to be a teacher. I am also presenting God. And they have to approve of me. 
and if I'm speaking the right message that they want. And I am submitting God to them also because he's in me. And usually I am such a different kind of teacher. I am turned down. I, it's not the right message that these people, whatever, it's a podcast, a, a video, a school that they want. Because they want more worldly teachings. I am a spiritual teacher. So I had a revelation that when I submit myself to be scrutinized, looked over, present all my information, I am having God himself to be looked at and decided on if they want to offer him a place of teaching. And I realized it was a revelation that I was doing that. And I am not to submit God to anybody to get their approval because he ain't going to talk like them and he ain't going to teach like them. Once I got that, then I realized what I was doing. And then I prayed that God would take the, all those desires away to be in a conference, be an instructor on some podcast, have my teachings listed somewhere else, take those desires away. Because I will not submit God to humanity. When I did that, God did a wonder, wonderful thing. He took that word everlasting covenant and he opened it up. And he showed me from the very beginning of the Bible, the covenant and how it went through humanity, the dark ages into captivity, how it had to hold under horrible conditions, how it had to find new recipients and he opened up this brand new wonderful teaching on the covenant that I'm going to do so when I let go of some things that were worldly that they would make a decision about me God has already decided I am a teacher he's already decided I'm to teach his word to you he doesn't want me to submit myself and what I'm teaching about him and his word to anybody And once I saw that, and I gave it up, he gave to me revelations I'd never seen before, teaching classes that are going to be coming here in the tele-ministry section. That's where Isaiah 61, verse 8 is. It's on the website. It's also on the YouTube channel, The Hidden Kingdoms, under the playlist, tele-ministry. So when you get the truth about one thing, And you choose to fast off of it, give it up, lay it down, not pursue it for the right reasons. Because I would be submitting God to humanity for them to decide if his message was what they wanted for their customers, so to speak. And once I saw that, that I can't do that to God. He's already been submitted. He's already done the test on a cross. He's he's the authority. He doesn't have to have my approval to do anything. I get revelations. More light is coming. More secret things are coming that I'm going to be teaching on. But right now, we're going to pick up here in this little portion of Isaiah 61, verse 8, and continue on till we finish. Then when I finish that, probably... Before I go on into verse 9, I'll expand on the word covenant for you. I'm working on that now. 
So let's go where we left off in number 16 was we had left off with a scripture called Ezekiel eleven nineteen, And it was we were learning what this new covenant contained, what this everlasting covenant. And it goes, verse 19, And I, the Lord, will give them one heart. For we had two. We had a soul heart, our mind. And we had a spirit. And they did not mix. They did and they didn't. The spirit was different than the soul's heart. Mm -hmm. But they were one. I hadn't really got all those revelations. But he said, I'll give you one mind. Which was going to be the mind of Christ in our spirit. That would then get into our soul. And I will put a new spirit within you. Some people believe that's the Holy Spirit. But he's not new. It means I will take that old spirit that's in you. Take it away. And I will give you a new spirit. And I will take the stony, hard, cold, dead carnal heart which means mind out your spirit had the same mind as the soul it was stony and hard its conscience was seared and it did not know right from wrong light from darkness it was hard unbendable it was cold was numb loved nothing there's some great stories about people that have no feelings for animals or humans they're numb They're dead to God. They're spiritually cut off. They're carnal. All the spirit and the soul thinks is flesh, sex, lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, the pride of life. And it's in their flesh in here, in this body. It's in their physical body. It's in their soul. And he says, and I will give them, all of humanity, a heart of flesh, a bendable, soft tender one one that feels in sorrow for humanity cares and loves for nature and animals i will fill it with love he says i got to do a work in you guys this is part of the everlasting covenant that he was telling us in the old testament that was in the book of ezekiel eleven nineteen. then again he tells us in psalms which were songs or poems written by King David. And King David is talking to us even today. He says, create in me, this is Psalms 51, 10 through 12. Create in me a clean heart, one that's pure, undefiled. Not perverted or twisted or filled with hate and lust or one that's covered in darkness and ick. Oh God, this is his soul that is speaking. Remember, even at this time, King David's spirit was not yet born again, was not infilled with the Holy Spirit. But God is war has been working with it. It's a baby. And his soul throughout his lifetime, even as a child. God will work with children in the wombs 
in the infancy and childhood. If you speak prayers over them and bless them and realize they are God's inheritance, they are God's children, not yours. You're just the avenue, the seed of the sperm and the egg to create the physical cistern, the physical body for the spirit. And they are not to be abused or killed or sold or trafficked. They are precious in his sight. He says, create in me a clean heart, a clean mind. Our minds of our soul are dirty and filthy. They're filled with darkness and lust and hate, fires of coveting and jealousy, unholy desires. Oh God, and renew and restore a right Holy Spirit within me. We need a new spirit and we need a new mind. Verse 11, cast me not away from your presence. Do you say that about God? Can you say that about the God that you serve or the prophet? Don't take me out of your presence. What does that mean? What does it mean when you're taken out of the presence of some? That means you've been banished. Could be. You're exiled. Could be. You have his disfavor. Yeah. He's not with you. Yeah. And King David was saying, I can't do anything without you in my life. And your presence being with me and going with me into battle wherever I go. Don't take me out of that. And take not your Holy Spirit from me. Even at that time, the Holy Spirit was on the earth working through the spirits that if he could working through the souls that had turned their hearts towards God. And he's saying, don't take him from me. Verse 12, restore unto me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with your free spirit. He is saying there was a joy when I first found you like that young man of Boko Rahan. A lot of people find him here in the garden. They find him in dreams. Some people find him on their way to hell. Some people, when Pastor Deborah has to go into hell and preach this word, just like Christ Jesus did after his death on the cross, he had to go down there and tell Adam, woman, Noah, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, King David, Solomon, they were all locked in cells in hell. Held by Satan. Satan had the keys of that. And once the judgment was passed. Death. And the punishment was done. And he said it is finished. And the physical body was killed. Punished. The soul was killed. Punished. And the spirit descended into hell. For the crimes of all of humanity. And punished probably for a little bit. Don't know. Then. And came the Holy Spirit said, uh-uh, this guy didn't do any of this. He's innocent. But he paid the price for the others. The judgment is complete. And he has come to get the keys from you, Satan. The authority and dominion into hell and its gates. So Jesus went and he talked to Adam. No one said, I'm the one you heard about. Now you can come. Your physical bodies are gone. All the people before the flood. That died. They didn't know about him. 
They were so evil and wicked in the flesh. They had to be, the earth had to be cleansed from them. They, humans were eating humans raw. Even while they were alive and the blood was flowing. Man was killing man. Animals were eating humans. It was a cannibal society that was all on the earth. And God had to cleanse that all off. And then he put all those people, they went to hell. Because they were all descendants of Adam and woman. And of Cain who murdered his brother Abel. He had to preach the good news of the kingdom, forgiveness to them. He said, come on out. The doors are open now. And he took them all in his train and all of them went up into heaven. So once I knew that Jesus himself went to heaven, hell and preached, I asked permission to go. So I don't want to have to go there, but I will. But do you know what I just did? I had prayed that instead of that, God would put the cross right at the entrance and the gates of hell itself. And the cross would speak out, sort of like with a loudspeaker, that you would have in some religions. And it would shine out this victory on the cross and not allow humanity to pass because the price had been paid. And they could stand there at the cross, at the gates of hell, and hear this message and feel the love and accept this gift. And they would just be taken right on up. Pastor Deborah prays for some of the most, what human would say is impossible things. But all things are possible with God, if you believe. I heard this one lady, she got mightily touched years ago. And and she says she was created for the impossible. I don't understand that. Because the human spirit... To it who believes in this Lord, this God, His Son, the Holy Spirit. There's nothing impossible to do. You are created to do the possible. Those things that they do, that's normal for them. But when you look at what they do, this God and His Word and His Holy Spirit, from a human viewpoint, you think it's impossible Multiplying bread, walking on water, casting out of devils, healing the sick and the lame, preaching to thousands. Joshua asked God if the sun would stand still so he could win the battle. Look at what Moses did to set people free. To God, that's nothing. Because with God, he says, all things are possible with him so this lady goes out and said i was created to do the impossible things in her human eyes and heart and mind everything of god seems to be impossible because to a human and to the human soul it is impossible but once you get that framework that without god all things are possible nothing is impossible That's right. So do you know my faith has to grow so that I can pray for orphans anywhere in the world and food will show up. Maybe ravens will bring food or manna from heaven will fall. 
or the earth will brought up or animals will bring food or angels will manifest and a ladder from heaven as in Jacob's ladder will come down angels will descend and bring supplies that's not impossible for God I've asked and prayed and it's been done sickness and limbs the lame to be healed the blind to see all of that is spiritual that's going on but Jesus did things also in the natural world once the spiritual because a king of heaven with the Holy Spirit in him has authority over the spiritual world and the natural world all of creation on earth it was given to us in Genesis 1, 26 and 28. That's right. So God has said, I made that everlasting covenant with you back in Genesis 1, 26 and 28. Ask, we're told, and you'll receive. But ask with a pure heart, not for my glory. It's so that he will be glorified and seen by all. To prove the power of the kingdom. I become a witness of the kingdom of heaven. And its authority on earth. And its ability to work with angelic hosts. And to speak to nature. And have it obey me. So here in Isaiah 61 verse 8 he said. I made an everlasting covenant with you Pastor Deborah and all of humanity. And when you get to that point. I'm going to release the fullness of it when you become a king and you will be about my business. When you're a prince, you're just learning how to do it. I'll move with you. Your prayers have got to be pure. They got to be righteous. Okay, got to be in my presence and connected to me. And if you have good parents and good teaching, you'll grow even in your childhood. I didn't have that. It took me till I was about 30 or 40 to get on this road. And when I did, I went as fast as I could. All right, let's keep going. We're going to now pick up with part number 17. Ezekiel 18, 30 through 31. Verse 30. Therefore, I, the Lord, will judge you, O house of Israel. God's going to look inside of me. This is a house to him. Israel means prince. He says, I'm going to judge you spiritually and in your soul. Everyone according to his ways, says the Lord God. He's going to look at my ways spiritually and my soul and my physical body. He's going to judge you. And most people don't want that because they know what they're saying, doing, believing, both spiritually and in their subconscious does not line up with God. For instance, if you have a faith that believes that you are not to murder babies, innocent life, your brother, and you do that, you're guilty. And what a lot of people do is they don't want to be judged because there is judgment. They don't want this God looking into their lives and their stuff and their thoughts. They want to put on this deception to the world, live in ignorance, and try to make themselves as the moral, righteous leaders of the world. God says, I don't think so. 
Pastor Deborah's been judged. She's been looked at. Every little thought, concept, idea, belief, tradition, he's going to go after. Every lie you've ever said. If you tell a lie to yourself and to others, how about if you get up and lie in front of the news people? Do you know who your father is? He says, there is a father, a source of all lies, Satan. Mm-hmm. So your father is Satan, the adversary of God. When you lie, deceit, you won't confess. You have no memory of that meeting, that email. You lie about it. You try to just do whatever to what have the position and the power and the glory. When you die, you'll be a nothing but a baby. I had one president of a nation. And you know what? He makes the sign of the cross. I met his spirit. He doesn't did not know my God. Because he prayed to other gods. And he has been serving his soul and his flesh. But he did not know this God. So I had to introduce his spirit to this God. And he's a baby. But he's not strong enough to overcome the other part of him. So what happens is I have to deal with leaders of nations and countries and businesses telecommunication networks so we are learning here in ezekiel 18 30 through 31 in verse 30 that thus says the lord god repent you turn from your thoughts and your way of thinking in your soul repent means to change your mind turn from those thoughts how you believe you should do things what you think should be done. Turn from those and from your transgressions. So iniquity shall not be your ruin, your downfall. Let's take a look and see what the word transgression means. According to Webster's Dictionary, it is the thought, the principle, the concept, the idea that brings an action, a deed, a behavior that is violent, full of hate and jealousy and lust. Violence means hurtful, abusive, attacking to other people, to other things, to even yourself. An adversary against the laws of the words of God. Which laws are those? We'll go back to the very beginning after the flood. Do not eat any human with blood in it. Do not murder your brother. Okay, right there. So it's killing, having abortion of a baby. In the woman's womb. Is that considered your brother? Another human? Are you killing it? Destroying it? Not allowing it to come forth into the earth? Are you depriving that human spirit a chance to be here on earth? Is that the law he's talking about? What about if you abuse kids? And you film them? Or you abuse animals and nature? For what? Their furs? 
or you trap them for circuses. Is that what he's talking about? He's talking about your belief systems in your soul. Your beliefs in your spirit. Your spirit's usually darkened and it just goes along. Your belief system of maybe you're born and you'll lie, cheat, and steal to be the president of the United States. Or a prime minister. And you'll take all the resources and the money from anybody and anywhere. Because you have lust and are seduced by property or fame or legacy. Do you still try to control the leadership of a business, a company, even after you retire? Will you steal people's data? Will you sell their information for money? And then try to pass yourself off as a good, kind-hearted humanitarian. Do you know what is going on with climate change? Why people want that? Yes, we are hurting the earth when we don't learn how to take care of our mess. And we continue to have garbage and we don't know what to do with it. Is this what he's talking about? Is that a transgression against the laws of God? That's something you're going to have to talk to him about. Pastor Deborah does all the time. All right, the word iniquity, according to Webster's Dictionary, is the twisting, the defilement, the inner disease, the viruses, the bacteria that forms your ideas, your desires, that causes the right ways of the Lord to be destroyed. Pride and greed. Haughtiness, that means I'm better than you. Idolatry means you are serving something else besides God. You are going to your ancestors for help. You are going to psychics for help. You are serving a constitution of a government that was based on Greece, democracy. Not by pagans. Not even a constitution of the kingdom of heaven. Oh, they say they got God. He's here. But not everybody has the same rights. Then what happens from that iniquity, from the transgressions, your minds of your soul, your flesh, your spirit are blinded to true light and to God's ways. And if light comes in, you block it. You put up the great fortress because there's a thick veil, a gross whackness that has fallen over your soul. And light just hits it and runs off. We're told in the Old Testament that that veil, that foreskin is on the Jews who do not yet believe in this Christ has come. It's not removed from them. And this ignorance And darkness still remains. A lot of people have this. They follow prophets. They try to follow people from thousands of years ago. Some people follow a dragon. Mm -hmm. And they don't want any God. But they don't know that the dragon is a God. They kind of do, but they kind of don't. But they're too late now. Unless Pastor Deborah and God can get to their spirits. And once they do it, they will have the same experience. That this young man of Boko Haram have. When they will not give up this God. 
This Christ Jesus, his Holy Spirit, and him in their spirits, they will die. If they cannot be turned and renounce him, they'll be killed. We're in a very serious war down here. So he is saying this iniquity will blind you. And all light will be blocked. All revelations. So God brings you here in spirit to the garden with Pastor Deborah. To start bringing in that light to your spirit. To give you that Hebrews 4.12 if you want it. If you do right now, just say in your heart, I want a Hebrews 4.12. I want to be circumcised out of my soul. That ichio iniquity filled system of my mind. I need a new mind but it starts first in the spirit then your spirit gives that new mind it gets to your soul if you want it right now just say it in your heart and it will happen nobody will see what's going on it is a private thing only god and pastor deborah will know because some people are not ready yet and we do not want to hurt them belittle them bully them for not being ready Some people need more information, more trips to the garden. But if you do choose it, when you get back to your physical body, you will be different. Just like the young man of the Boko Haram, the Islamic Jihadist group, and many others. Mm -hmm. And that will be a, a private thing between you and this God of Isaiah 61. And he is saying that this light will be kept out by your ignorance and your darkness. For this twisted, iniquity-filled, perverted, transgressed concepts and mind, they now rule your soul, your subconscious. When you can look at humans and say, that makes money for me. Selling sex is a renewable commodity. And if they get pregnant, we'll just give them an abortion. Kill that thing. And keep growing drugs, making drugs. Renewable, the money will flow. But I have to have the people in government and systems to be corrupted. I have to pay them off. This is, and Satan, what is all this doing? People don't realize that is one layer. What you see happening in all of that, that's the front stuff of the soul. But what's really happening is back here. Darkness and ignorance and Satan is ruling even the spirit. There are Powerful human spirits in multi-generational satanic families. Those that are in secret societies. Those that have sworn an oath by their families to this one world government. This new kingdom that they're trying to build. Where all people are community citizens. No borders. And only the elite control every movement, every law, and you no longer are a sovereign nation and your power, you are under something else. Now that is sort of a biblical pattern of what the kingdom of heaven is trying to, but it's perverted and twisted and darkened and forced. It's not done in love and joy and peace. God will never force a nation to follow him. He will never lie to you or deceit you. And make a law with you to control you. He leaves that up to your free will. So he goes on and says that this whole system of transgression and iniquity, okay, I'm going to judge it. All right? 
So our deeds and our behaviors, our thoughts, our ideas, our beliefs are all formed from the iniquities, the evil transgressions, the thoughts, our nature, our image, our likeness, from our pride and our violence and our murder and our haughtiness and our and our idolatry of serving other gods, our rebellion, our independence from this God, our selfishness, our jealousy, our lust and seduction, and being seduced by the lust of the eyes. There's one, one, there is some president or prime minister that said the reason he took money from all these nations and stuff, he had a family business, sort of a mafia, Everybody's working to get money for the family was that he was seduced by property. So it must be the property of these glorious rich people. It's beautiful. Seduced him. And he wanted it because he didn't have it. So he had to get the money to buy it. So he will sell his nation out. He will sell his kids out, which he did. He will get his kids to do whatever he needs to do. He will get his brothers, his family, whatever they need. He'll lie, cheat, bewitch, steal, change his mind, lie to the cameras, lie to the people, anything to get fame and legacy and money. And then they think they are the moral, righteous voice of the people that voted them in or for their whole nation. Got something to tell you. No. And I have to deal with a lot of them in the spirit. So he goes on and said, All your concepts that this God is going to judge, this evil, wicked transgression, it's all been formed. It's the nature of Satan himself in your soul Mm -hmm. and your spirit. Because they're one. They're married. They're of one nature. Until you get that Hebrews 4.12, the spirit goes everywhere and receives just about everything of the soul. It's in darkness and ignorance. It is tormented and vexed. It will lie, cheat, and steal. I didn't know that human spirits really were alive until I met the human spirits of multi-generational Satanists and witches and those in the occult, those from the 12 tribes of Israel that run the international brotherhood around the world. Their spirits are moving all the time. They're controlling human homosexuality and drugs and they're they are the control the child pornography, the internet, banking, business, everything. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that when I got started. And I was talking to dead human spirits, had no concept of God. I even had to tell them that time And our calendars were created by God, A.D., after dominion, after him, B.C., before Christ. They didn't even know that really that the moon was a dead rock. The only way it gets its light was from the sun. And they put great emphasis on the moon. Some gods like to use the moon, not the whole moon, but some part of the moon as their symbol. Not my God. He is this bright and morning star. The sun, the great light. So what happened was, these human spirits are a mess. And I couldn't trust them. I couldn't trust any of them. Because they would get an assignment to come and kill me and come through people to try to take me out in my own home. Try to kill me. Because I was an assignment. 
So what happens is our minds and that what God is going to judge us on. And he says, I want to give you this everlasting covenant, but you're a mess. Can't give it to that. And so King David said, I need a new heart. I need a clean heart and mind. I need a new spirit within me because look at the mess I'm in. And he goes on. He says that I need to be free of this coveting. For all of this was developed from looking at one's own light, my own abilities, my power and my beauty, my desires and wants, and things that I do not have a right to have yet. They became the nature, these human spirits, all of us became the nature of Satan inside of Adam. The sperm and the eggs were changed. The Holy Spirit was out of every egg and sperm because it left Adam. Nothing in the sperm left the woman. Nothing in the eggs. So the eggs and the sperm that came together formed a physical body. It was Satan's nature. That's why when children are born with disabilities, that's Satan. The genes have been changed, perverted, twisted through iniquity. The spirit is dead to God. It is perverted and twisted. It knows no truth. It is alive, but it is dead to God. So he goes on and says, I can't make an everlasting covenant with that thing. So David is saying, well, I need a new spirit within me with a new mind to have this new covenant. So we're being told that we will be judged according to our ways. And I told God a long time ago, I know judgment's coming. It's either going to happen here on planet Earth or it's going to happen up there in front of all of the kingdom. And I would prefer to happen here because when you get up there, your spirit will be judged. There are videotapes, audio tapes, emails, texts. Every word you've ever said, every thought you've ever had, every picture you've created. And if you don't get born again and that all be destroyed, that holds. And God would be embarrassed. You will be humiliated in front of all of the kingdom of heaven. So I ask God to do the judging here and to apply his punishment, which it was on the cross. So in God's eyes, they're all free. The judgment's been done, but they haven't accepted it. They don't know about it. They haven't got what King David said, a new spirit within them yet. They still got the icky old soul, this transgressed field iniquity mind. And that's why the earth is such a mess. So he is saying that um, we need help. King David is telling us he can't make an everlasting covenant with this icky old thing inside of me now. That belongs to Satan. That is Satan's creation and image and likeness. And God will not covet with that. But the covenant is still here. And it is waiting. And, And I'm going to do a lot of teaching on that. So what happens, we go to Ezekiel eighteen thirty through 31, verse 31. And David is saying, cast away from you. He's saying, cast away, human spirit and soul, all your transgressions, whereby you have transgressed, and make you a new heart, a mind and soul, and a new spirit, the forever person. For why will you die, O house or temple of Israel? 
The temple needs to be destroyed. It, it, that's the physical body. But the spiritual temple also. It all must be destroyed. And God must bring. And it was on the cross. Totally destroyed in God's eyes. But he must be able to apply it to you personally. You must be willing to die. Give up all that. And let your spirit be born anew. Let a new mind come into your soul. And it's hard. I've been through that process. You'll read about it in time. Jan died. Pastor Deborah arose. Now I'm going to get a new name later. But right now it's Pastor Deborah. But people are still trying to resurrect Jan from high school reunions, invitations, all kinds of things. Go and read that story. It's time. And they're always, Satan is trying to get Jan back. If he can't, he's going to try to pervert and call Pastor Deborah. I'll give you a thing. Pastor Deborah does a lot of work in Africa with a lot of pastors through video, emails, and prayers. I'm not to go to Africa. I'm not to go to any crusades or really have any personal contact with them. But now I got somebody texting me. He said he's from Kenya. Said his name is Isaac. Been here, done that. I asked God what's going on. You know what it reminds me of? The Matrix. When a program was trying, came out of the Matrix, came into a human being to take down neo can't get you in the matrix you're too powerful in the spirit so i'll come out of that program i will put myself this is the uh, programmer or something into a human being that's outside and contact you that way and take you out in the natural soon as i saw that text this morning i go what is up that is exactly what came to me. God was telling me what was going on. I'm not to answer him. I'm to pray. Block that. He's trying to come out because it would go from texting. Well, let's call each other. Let's meet. Can't you, you know, interaction in the natural. And I'm not to do that with people. I'm a spiritual teacher. Been there. Done that with multi-generational Satanists. I want to get in your home. I want you to pay money. They want to work on your soul and your flesh. They're not content. Satan's not content with just the spirit. He's trying to reach the physical, the soul. Trying to tap into those areas of me that in all of us are vulnerable. Our subconscious that had been dead to God. Satan's trying to get in there and plant some desires Oh, wouldn't this be great? I could talk to a pastor from Africa. We could have a relationship in the natural. That's not what Pastor Deborah does. So these are some events that were occurring just in the last two days. So it appears we need to get a new heart and a new soul and a new spirit within us. So that a new and everlasting covenant can be legally, honorably, righteously made with us, contracted with us, with this God, the Heavenly Father. What we're learning is that this loving Heavenly Father, the Lord, of Isaiah 61 verse 8, desires 
to make an everlasting covenant with us, with all of humanity. He just told us, I will make an everlasting covenant with them, all of humanity. But he can't make it with the mess that we are in, with this soul that's filled with iniquity and transgressions, with the spirit. So he says, my desires is for you to be reborn. I made a way through a cross. My blood of my son, my word, my Adam, will pay the price for your mess that you have been born into. All your transgressions, your iniquities. Come to the cross. Come to the gift and let the Jesus Christ of Nazareth apply his blood of the judgment, his death in your life. Then he will bring you to the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit will birth you anew, give you a new spirit within you, give you a new mind free of iniquity and transgressions. One that the Heavenly Father desires to covenant with, come into legal binding agreement with, and provide his everlasting covenant that will transgress death and will go into eternity with you. So the Father says, in the condition that you are in right now, which King David was telling us, I need a new heart. I need a new clean and right spirit within me and don't take your presence from me when that happens right now in your condition you're not in his presence you are here in the garden and he is allowing that is he here no he's on up there you're here with pastor deborah the word is here and he is able to apply the victory and give you the gift of a new birth a new mind right here in the garden All you have to do with your free will is accept it. Believe in it with just a little bit of belief that he did this for you so that you can be reconnected and no longer out of the presence of God. And this everlasting covenant can be made legally with you in righteousness and truth. And it will transgress death And carry you on into a new eternal life. A new life for the spirit. If you want it. He doesn't force this on you. Many religions force conversion on you. By fear of death. To get married. To take care of you. Killing your family. Raping everybody. In order for you to accept this God. If you were of another religion. A lot of them have done this. But that's not the God of this Bible. He does not do that. He waits for your free will. For you to desire it. Want it. After you've heard about it. What it is. You've weighed out the consequences that you could die. Just like this young man in Boko Raham. The leader. When you return. But you're already dead. You're already serving Satan. Your mind is all messed up in transgressions and iniquity. And where would you go upon your death? Hell. Your spirit would be tormented. You will be judged for all that your soul and your transgressions and your thoughts and your spirit did. 
unless you run into the cross at the gates of hell and death. We're trying to get to you. We're trying to tell you of this great love, this free gift, that this young man, Christ Jesus, paid for you on the cross. So you'll have a new spirit within you and a new heart, a new mind, and this everlasting covenant that this Lord desires to make with you can be made. He won't make it with the old you. So what happens is you need a new spirit. You need a new mind, a new heart in your soul. And then all things are new. And this covenant that's been waiting for you, it's been in holding, will come out and you will be applied and your name will be written down for all of eternity. If you would like to have your name written and be in this everlasting covenant love, joy, and peace that transcends even death. And you want a new spirit within you. And you want a new heart and mind of your soul. Then it is here. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to stand up, walk to the altar, nothing. This is between you and the God of the Garden of Eden. His Son is here. His Word is here. His Holy Spirit is here. They will apply themselves to you. For first you come to the cross. In just a little bit of belief. You come to your death. The old you. The old icky dead spirit and soul. And you die. And then a new creature. That's never been created before. Is birthed by the Holy Spirit. It comes out. And he presents you to the Father, the King of Heaven. The Holy Spirit says, this is your new creation. This is what your cross paid for. This is your inheritance. It is here now, and what will happen is the angels will come forth. They will bring you the everlasting covenant signed in His Son's blood, and you will see your name there. Your name will be written in the Lamb's book of life. And your name will be scratched and dissolved out of the book of Satan's book of death. Then wonderful things start happening. You might get a Hebrews 4.12 right then and there. And now your spirit is free. It's new. Born again. A brand new creature as King David was saying. And it has never been created, never existed before. And it can now receive his light, his revelations, his love. Your old you couldn't even receive his love very much. It's very frightening to you. Mm -hmm. But if you want it, you just tell him in your heart. You just think it. And he will make it happen. It will all be done. Some of you will walk out of here a brand new creature. Some of you will happen while you're sitting here. Some of you will happen when you go home. On your way home. When you get in your physical body. Some of you may wait. That's okay. We're not going anywhere. Yes, you can come back to the garden. Even if you're not born again yet. Sometimes it takes people a couple of visits. Their, their spirits are very fearful of this whole new way of life 
this whole new presence of God. This love is very frightening for the spirit. This light, it is so powerful, but it comes in as a gentle light at first. It's like a baby coming out of the womb. Its eyes have to adjust to the light. The womb was dark, but it will learn. So if you would like it, let me pray. Father, you know who you have brought here today. This was a divine appointment for you and them. Father, you hear their hearts. You know their will. Apply your free gift of the cross of salvation, new birth, a new spirit, and a new mind. Apply the cross and its gift. Let these new creatures come forth and let them be in agreement and their names on your everlasting covenant with you. Father, help them to walk this new life even when they go home, even if they die for it, Father. Help them not to give you up to turn back under the great fear and terror of death. Father, these are your people that you paid a high price for. Father, do your work that only you can do, that the Holy Spirit can do, that the cross and your word and your son can do. For it is a wonderful gift. And we thank you, Father, that your heart's desire stays true and strong to give us the everlasting covenant to provide for us all that you desire between you and us. We thank you, Father, for your great work. In the name of Jesus, amen. Okay. You may stay in the garden and play. What? You want to know if you can go to heaven? And Yeah, sure. You see that right over there? There's a ladder. It'll just sip you right up like an escalator. No, some people may want to stay there, yes. Because some are in comas and sick and dying. And this was their first stop before death came. Yes. God will give you a chance. He will hold death off till you can choose. But if you go there and you want to stay, and your physical body cannot sustain you anymore, even if you're in the womb, you are welcome to stay. And we'll see you later yeah others you'll return back to your body wake up out of your dreams have you go back after the abuse the torment and great things may happen bad things may happen but just know that the young man of the Boko Raham, he's on up in heaven yeah and he'll be happy to see many of his friends and family and former believers For he's a new creature in Christ now. All his bad is gone. And I'll see him later. All right, you guys be good. And I'll catch up with you in lesson number 18. Of Isaiah 61, verse 8. We're still not through it. We got a lot of the covenant to do. We go slow. Pastor Deborah's a slow teacher. But until then, I'll see you again in the next lesson. Of teleministry of agape love. Love is here. Isaiah 61 verse 8. Bye. Thank you for listening and watching this video. It is an honor and a pleasure to have you stopped by today. 
and watch. This is Pastor Deborah, and I hope you come again and watch many, many more videos and learn and grow spiritually and hear how she has helped people spiritually, the Lord's way, for many, many years. Come again. Watch another one. And we welcome you to be a subscriber to the channel, to make comments. And if you wish to contact Pastor Deborah, please email her at her email address for the ministry at Pastor Deborah at Agape Love is org. You can also see these videos on Twitter and on the website in the many different sections that they are put into. Enjoy, and it was once again an honor to have you watch and listen. Thank you, and come again to another video of Agape Love, Love is Here Ministries, a ministry of helping people the Lord's way that Pastor Deborah has been doing for many, many years. Love always and forever, Pastor Deborah.